Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans teaching. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. Got my Bible right here. Hope you'd get yours and follow along with us. We're in chapter 4 of Romans. Been excited to be able to be uh, seeing things in the Word of God I've never seen before. It's amazing what will uh, the Lord will show you if you'll just study the Word uh, as we've been commanded to do by our great Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. He is the captain of our salvation. He gives commands, not options. And one of those commands is to study the Word, and, and not just so He can be commander in giving orders, but so that we can get the benefits of God's Word for us by faith. Praise the Lord. And I'm excited. This is part 8 here on the 27th day of November 2018. It's when this is being recorded. So uh, the, again, this is chapter 4 of Romans, part 8. And we're in verse 16 today. But before we dig in, let's uh, uh, remind you that uh, you can find all these teachings on our YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. And there you will find all our worship services. You will find the Galatians uh, ongoing teaching right now that's shot live every Friday morning at 9 o'clock. And uh, uh, also there's when we have guest ministers, there's a playlist for guest ministers. Uh, there is a new playlist that I just created this morning, uh, which I will post the meetings we're now doing in Wichita Falls, Texas. And uh, I have three or four of those we recorded last Saturday there as we are believing God for a church plant there. And I'll be putting them on there so that we can go back and watch those. And, and, and I talk, uh, I did more than teach the Word. I shared a little bit about what it would take to see a church planted in Wichita Falls, Texas and what it would require of the people there because it's a move of God is God moving His people in the right direction. Oh, I need to say that again. A move of God is seen by God being able to move His people in the right direction. So when you're praying and asking the Lord for a cross-preaching church, a true gospel, spirit-filled gospel-preaching church in your city, know this, when it shows up, you're going to have to get involved. A move of God is God moving you in the right direction, which is according to His Word. Amen. So be praying about that. Our, 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 we'll really get started into that more heavily in January as we'll go once a month and have Friday night teaching and Saturday morning teaching uh, services and and so, uh, uh, and just praying that the, the numbers would gather those. There are many in that region who, who love the message of the cross, who, who love God, love His Word. And so I'm believing for great things in that region. You can pray with us and believe God also. So, chapter 4 here in Romans, we are in verse 16. And the Bible says, Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, those that were under the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And when, you know, when there's a verse in the Bible that uh, you open your Bible and you start reading this particular Bible verse, and it starts out with therefore, what do you have to do? You have to back up to see th why it's therefore. So we'll do that this morning. We'll back up and we'll start in verse 13 and we'll roll right into where we are today. And I want you to, I want you to pay very close attention today. The Lord's going to minister to you some truth 
that you need. And what happens when we learn truth is that we experience more liberty. I said we experience more liberty. Jesus said when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. And if you're honest with yourself, there's a whole lot more freedom you and I need to be walking in. So let's pay attention this morning. Uh, Verse 13, Romans chapter 4, Because the promise that he, Abraham, should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. That means anything they would do. But through the righteousness of faith. Even since we've talked about this the last time the Lord has opened this up to me even more, revealing that unless righteousness is the result of one's faith, it is not biblical faith. The first time a man or a woman ever placed faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary, God declared them righteous in that very moment. He made them servants of righteousness in that very moment and freed them from all sin in that very moment. And you can find that in Romans chapter 6, verse 16, 17, and 18. It's there, especially verses 17 and 18. It's there. We'll get to that one day. But righteousness was the fruit of your faith. So Romans 10 and 10 speaks of it's with the heart men believe under righteousness, okay? Well, we've all of our lives and for so many, many years, we as the church have just limited that to initial salvation. But that's not just initial salvation. If we keep believing by faith from the heart in God's words of righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8 and Hebrews uh, chapter 5 verses 13 and 14, write it down, make a note, go look at it later. All God's words are in righteousness and the reason we stay carnal and don't grow uh, is because we are not exercising our, the, our senses uh, by the, God's words of righteousness. So make a note of that. Go back and look at that. So even as Christians, we walk by faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word if it's in its righteous context. And that means through faith in the cross. We must look at all of God's word first through the cross, understanding there's no understanding, impartation, anything to do with God's Word if it's not looked at and viewed and received through faith in the cross. We must maintain our faith in the cross of Christ. His work, not our works, His work. Because that's the only avenue of grace and grace is the only way righteousness is imparted That's initially, that's daily. Remember, we became servants of righteousness and the only way to serve righteousness is to keep your faith in that which made you a servant of righteousness. Amen. You begin to serve righteousness in the eyes of God when you accepted the cross as your answer and you believed from the heart in that. Glory to God, that's good stuff. You need to remember that. So we're not limiting any longer and we're, we're beyond that. We're walking in a new revelation, illumination today rather, that we are to continue to believe with the heart unto righteousness because now you and I as children of God are called to bear forth the fruits of righteousness, His righteousness. Amen. And, to, and for there to be an increase of the fruits of His righteousness in our lives. And that happens as we continue to believe 
with the heart unto righteousness through the avenue which it comes, which is grace through faith in the death of Jesus, Galatians 2, 21. Write it down. Add that to your notes today. You've got to know that the only avenue of initial grace and daily grace, uh, the initial status of righteousness and being able to be led by the Spirit in the path of righteousness to bear forth the fruits of righteousness is to keep your faith in the cross. And I know folks say, well, no, that's where I started. Now my faith is in God's Word. Yes, your faith is in God's Word, but God's word is the wisdom of the cross. Think about that. Let's catch it for those of you who are new. Listen very carefully. God says that all the words he's ever spoken are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. Therefore, because the Bible teaches the only avenue through which righteousness flows is grace. And grace reigns through that righteousness. Think about this. Is the death of Jesus. Not just for initial salvation, but for daily experiencing this salvation. So when we move to the purpose-driven or we move to the government of 12, and I know people listen to me and they say, well, no, those things, they're just two. No, they're not two. God has one. And that's the message of the cross. That's what saved you. Jesus said you got to take that cross up every day, not these schemes that mean. See, if I start reading books and, I, and they start telling me what to do to get victory uh, you know, over sin and deliverance from bondages that we all need as the children of God. Nobody has arrived. Everybody's still got issues. We've still got problems. If you don't think you do, then you're really not walking with Jesus because when you're walking with someone who is perfect and without flaw, no blemish, never has sinned, will never sin, he is perfect, and you you are far from that, my sin, in your experience, in your condition here. We continuously do wrong things. We continuously make mistakes and say wrong things. But And if we're walking with Jesus, we see how imperfect we still are. Now, in Christ, at the right hand of the Father, we're all that we'll ever be. But here in our condition, my friend, don't avoid it either. There's a lot of room for growth. A lot of room for growth, praise God. So, Think about that. All the words that God has ever spoken are in righteousness. And righteousness is only experienced through faith in the cross. Therefore, every word God has ever spoken, for it to be held in its righteous context means it must be, all of it must be viewed first looking through the blood, then to the pages of the Word of God. If we don't, then it will become law and works to us instead of faith and grace, which is what God does. Watch this today. Verse 14. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise made none effect. Because the law works wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Verse 16 is where we are today. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. Look at what God did. And God always has to initiate everything with man. Nobody's seeking God until God does something. 
Nobody see, the Bible tells that in this very same letter, chapter 1, go read it. No one seeking God, no not one is righteous, no not one is seeking God, no not one is right over and over and over in chapter 1. Nobody seeking God. When we fell into sin in the Garden of Eden, we didn't run after God and say, help, God ran after us and had to show us we still needed Him and His help. Glory to God. Think about that. And, and men do not just... They're not born into this life as sinners seeking God. They're born into this life as sinners serving themselves, wanting whatever they want to do. Uh, what, it's like this in, in the flesh with a sin nature. I'll do what I want, when I want, with who I want, where I want, and how I want. And ain't nobody going to interrupt that. And that's what the gospel comes along and interrupts you as God, interrupts you in your plans, interrupts you in your ways, and shows you there's not but one God. You're not it. He gave his son for you because he loves you. Even in your pride and rebellion, he loves you. He's merciful. He, he's long-suffering. He's been waiting on you. And if you'll just put your faith in what he did for you at the cross, which is grace, then, then he'll save you because he loves you, not because of what you do. Because what he did, see, it's grace is what God does. Never forget this. Write it down. If, you, if you're not a, a regular follower of me, then, then this may be the first time you've heard this, but you need to hear it over and over. God's grace is God at work doing something you can't do yourself. You don't deserve to have done. You can't earn it. You can't have enough money to pay for it. You can't be good enough to get it. God's grace is something God does for us that we need done, that we don't deserve to have done, that we can't do, can't buy, can't pay for. God's grace is God at work doing something in my life because He's found my faith in what his son did for me at Calvary. You see, grace flows only through the cross. The Bible says in Hebrews 2 and 9 that Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for all men. So there you have it, God's grace being experienced by the one who had to taste death by that grace so that you could have that same grace to save you by your faith in what he did by grace. It's not a different grace. It's the, gra the same grace that sent Jesus to the cross is the same grace, same cross that he saved you by. You were crucified with him. You tasted of that same death with him. Glory to God. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's the only way an individual can taste of the Lord and see that he is good. Realizing by faith that Christ was crucified for me, but that I was crucified with him. And, and because I was placed into his death, that work of grace God was doing in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5 and 19, God was in Christ reconciling sinners to himself. God was pouring out the vial, not of curses, as you see in Revelation, but God was pouring out that great vial of grace to humanity. And that's only there that it flows through. Today, if your faith is in the cross of Christ, I don't mean by word, I don't mean by head knowledge, I mean from the heart today, right now, your faith is in that Christ died for you so that you could have victory over sin and shame and guilt and everything every bondage that would sneak up on you and begin to put chains around you. You're watching me right now and you've got issues, you've got sinful issues in your life. 
God sees them. He still loves you. He wants to deliver you. But the books you can go and buy that tell you what you've got to do to find deliverance, they're all false. They're a lie. Jesus, his death is what brings grace. That is the grace of God, the only avenue of the grace of God. And whatever God does today being grace, it's because he finds faith in that avenue, that object, that only place that he offers grace, and that is the death of Jesus, Galatians 2 and 21. The Bible says that we're saved by grace. That's because God did what he did in and through Christ at the cross. Amen. God says that in the word in Titus that we're taught by grace. Again, God's doing something. He's teaching us God at work. Saving, God at work. Filling with the Holy Ghost through Jesus. Uh, Listen, God at work. Teaching us by the Holy Spirit who has got God at work. It's grace is what God is doing. And when God finds true faith, He gives grace. But the church is just uh, too long talked about grace without really understanding that God's grace is God doing something. But God won't do the things that need to be done until He finds faith. He put it in man's court. God did everything He He would ever do for me and offer man at the cross. Think about that. Let's think about this. When God put man on the earth, everything he needed was already provided. God put man in the garden. There it is. It's yours. You're free to eat of all the trees of the garden. Just don't eat of that tree. For in the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. What did God do there? God put, put God, so to speak, through the ball in man's court. You have dominion over the whole earth. You, I, the earth I've given to you. Just Enjoy your freedom, but don't eat off that tree. What did God do? So to speak, he threw the ball in man's court. So what did God do after man sinned? God came in and gave the promise of a redeemer that would come one day through an innocent substitutional, substitutional sacrifice. And then what did God do when he gave his son? He offered grace to humanity again, to the whole world. Jesus tasted death for all men by the grace of God. Hebrews 2 and 9, write it down, go look at it later. What did God do there at the cross? He put the ball back in man's court. That's why God says what he's saying here. Therefore, it is of faith. Not what you do, but your faith in what God did. Remember, grace is God doing something. God was in Christ reconciling sinners to himself. God was offering grace to humanity. God was offering his righteous status to humanity. God was offering a justified position before him at the cross. Think about that. God did what needed to be done and threw the ball in humanity's court. All you have to do now is believe. If you try to work for it, you're rejecting what I've done because grace is what I've done, not what you do. And I know people hear me and they say, well, grace is also for the spiritual giftings and the work of the ministry today. Yes, but that better be God doing that. 
in you and through you. It is God who both wills and works that within us is what the Bible says. It is God who's working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God is working in you. That's grace. He's continuing to perform only that work he began. And that work he began was a work of grace because of your faith in the cross. If God's going to continue to pour grace out on me, grace is not something that God gives me just to cover my sins and continues to use me anyway. Grace is something that God is and is found functioning in in my life because he's found a correct biblical faith, which is the faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave himself for me. Never forget that. This is so important. This is why he's saying, therefore, it is of faith. That's our part. That's our part. We had to believe by faith in Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Not not work for it. Not go do Even water baptism is a work. Amen. It's a work. It's something a preacher holds in his hands, you, puts you under the water, raises you up. It's a work we're involved in. It's, a, it's an obedient act if we're, our faith is in the cross, but if, it, if our faith is in what we're doing in the water tank for salvation, it's a work of unrighteousness because the cross is the only avenue of God's righteousness. Anything we're doing, thinking that God is accrediting righteousness to us because of anything we do, we've missed it. And therefore, it's not by faith. Well, I'm getting water baptized by faith. But water baptism is not the object of faith for salvation or deliverance or growth. And neither is anything we do. That's law. If it's grace, it's freely being given. It's freely being given. Every time God finds true faith, he gives grace. Let's say it a better way. Every time God finds true biblical faith, which is faith in the cross of Christ, not a wooden beam, but what he there provided, when God finds that faith, he gives grace. But let's say it now right. God moves in and God goes to work. Is that what he did when you were born again? He moved in and he went to work. And as long as that's where you keep your faith, the flow of grace, God continues to perform that work. That's called grace. But when you move your faith from the cross to the purpose driven, to the words you speak now, to the government of 12, to the, the anything you do, having to wear a prayer shawl or a beanie on your head to have a move of God. All the listen, all those things are works. And without faith in the cross, they're only your works. You don't need a prayer shawl. You don't need, listen, all the twisted schemes that men use. And they twist God's word because they're hungry for a move of God. God knows his people are hungry for a move of God. God knows his people knows that there should be more going on in the church because we have scripture to prove it. But you can't just go and try to make something happen. You have to know the way that grace flows because if it's going to happen, happen, my friends, it's going to be by grace through faith or it won't be God. It won't be God. And we have much in the Bible to say to prove that everything else is not a move of God. It's a move of men tagging and labeling it God. Listen very carefully. The next verse proves what I'm saying right now. Watch this next verse. 
As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were. Call those things that are not as though they were. Now, what are, what's God talking about right here in his scriptures through the Apostle Paul? What is the Lord trying to teach the church in Rome right here? What's the context of scripture? Let me tell you what it's not. The charismatic and most of the, the false Pentecostal uh, uh, movement today, there is a true Pentecost, biblical Pentecostal movement taking place today. But the charismatic and the, and the, the false Pentecostal movement have taken this, to, to twisted this to, to try to tell people that now you can speak things into existence that are not there, that you're little gods, that you're creators just like God because you're his children and he's a creator. And listen... If that's what you've been taught and you're teaching, then you're not looking at the cross through the cross to the Word of God. And most people are not doing that anyway. And so they take scriptures like this, and it's it's easily to be taught these things if you if you haven't been taught that you have to look through the blood into the word to find the right to the Holy Spirit giving you the revelation. He's not going to give you anything except through that which belongs to Jesus and only uh, is manifest and offered through the cross, the place grace flows, and righteousness bearing forth the fruits daily. It's not going to happen. This scripture is talking about God called something that was not though it were. God called Abraham righteous and he was a sinner. His faith changed everything for him. Not his works, not by works, but by faith. That's what the whole context of this, what we're reading is about. Law versus true faith and grace. Your works versus the work of God, which he offered freely by grace through Christ at Calvary. That's it, my friends. And and God showed up and called things were that really weren't there to be seen. Abraham was a sinner. God called him righteous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're a sinner. God called you righteous. When he saw your faith, he said, righteous, you are obedient. You are not when you went and did. Not Listen, God didn't wait for you to go to church when you got saved. You were already obedient when God saved you. At that very moment, your faith in the cross allowed you to become obedient in the eyes of God. Think about that. Romans 1.5 says that we've received grace for the obedience of faith. Amen. We've received grace for the obedience of faith. Not just received grace to walk in obedience, which is what will be happening if it is true biblical grace. Amen. But also we've received grace through the blood of Jesus because of His obedience. It's because of His obedience that we can be obedient. It's because He tasted death by the grace of God that we can taste of that same death by the grace of God. It's because he manifests faith unto obedience unto death on the cross that you and I can manifest faith in the cross and take up our cross daily 
and be made conformable unto his death. Hallelujah. Think of This is good stuff you're hearing today. This, this is what most of the church, and I know most of the church don't want to hear it, but you need to be sharing it on social media anyway. This is the truth of God's word in righteousness. This is what will help somebody. We love them enough to share the truth with them. I speak for myself. We've all out there been entangled up in bondage trying to use God's word because we want to move a God. We know it's going to come through an illumination of God's word as he reveals greater and greater uh, uh, things of himself and what he desires for his church. But you can't just go make it happen. God won't be a part of it. He offers the move of God what he'll do through the grace he offers that comes by faith in what he's offering to you freely through the death of Jesus Christ, his son. There is no such thing as grace in our lives without faith in the cross. The way it started is the way it functions daily. The way it started is the way it functions daily. Colossians 2.6 reveals that. As you have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ, so, like so, walk ye in him. Think about that. Now, most of the church, we get heady and high-minded. I don't need the cross anymore. I don't need to hear about it. I don't like the messenger. Listen to me very carefully. It's not about the messenger. It's about the truth of what you're hearing. And when you finally get a hold of it one day, you'll, 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 you'll repent from uh, disliking the messengers for the wrong reasons. And you'll also repent to God for being rebellious against Him because as long as we're refusing to hear the message of the cross, and, and I'm not talking about people who are not hearing it. I'm talking about people who are hearing it, God's people, and saying, I don't need that. I don't want that. I'm beyond that. I, then one day we're going to repent one day, all God's people are going to repent for that attitude because it takes the cross daily in your life to be able to understand the Word in its righteous context because that's the only time faith can come. The faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10 and 17, cannot be separated and differentiated between the faith being, that comes from being the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us, Galatians 2.20, that we right now live by. We don't live by a different faith that saved us. Paul told Peter that in Galatians chapter 2. Peter, when Peter fell from grace, when Peter apparently realized something's wrong with my pay, uh, faith because Paul is having to stand up and tell me to my face in front of all these people, Peter, don't you remember that even us Jews are justified by the faith of Jesus Christ? We're not justified by the law. Peter jumped up and left those operating in grace and went back up with those under law. It's easily done. God don't want anybody to feel condemned in his eyes. No, none of it people are condemned. But God does want us to understand that if we move away from faith in the cross alone, we move away from true faith. And if it's not true faith, there can't be any grace. God doesn't give grace except through faith. God doesn't give grace except through faith. That's the operation and process of God. And if our faith is not right, grace doesn't flow. Read Galatians chapter 5 verse 4. You can fall from grace. That means where grace flows. And this is where the biggest 90 at least percent of the church is there today. I've preached in places where preachers came and they heard the message of the cross, God's word in that context. They opted out of this. They opted out. I'm not condemning them. It's not my position because they're not condemned in the eyes of God. But they have a wrong faith. 
I'm closing, but listen. If it's not God's Word in its righteous context, which means seeing it and understanding it through faith in the blood, the cross, faith can't come. Only flesh. And when we're so into the flesh, even in ignorance when we don't know it, God said the result of that is corruption. The wages of that is corruption. And He says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And that's why we broadcast these teachings because God's people have been destroyed for way too long. The devil's mad, but I'm glad because the revelation of Jesus Christ and Him crucified is coming back to the church and I'm thankful, excited, and happy, happy, happy I am because I'm learning what I'm learning. Glory to God. Jesus is Lord and He became that for us at Calvary. Come back to the cross and live. Come back to the cross and find true ministry. Come Come back to the cross and find all you've looked for all your life. We love you. God bless you. Don't forget to avail yourself to all these teachings again on my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. And until next time, stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified.